Let's continue reading Judges chapter 8, verses 22 through 35. Now, in the second half of the chapter, we have the good news and the bad news. The good news is that Gideon resisted the temptation to become king. The bad news is that Gideon did not resist the temptation to become rich. Judges chapter 8, beginning now at verse 22. Then the men of Israel said to Gideon, Rule over us, both you and your son and your grandson also, for you have delivered us from the hand of Midian. But Gideon said to them, I will not rule over you, nor shall my son rule over you, for the Lord shall rule over you. Then Gideon said to them, I would like to make a request of you, that each of you would give me the earrings from his plunder, for they had golden earrings, because they were Ishmaelites. So they answered, We will gladly give them. And they spread out a garment, and each man threw into it the earrings from his plunder. Now the weight of the gold earrings that he requested was 1,700 shekels of gold, besides the crescent ornaments, pendants, and purple robes which were on the kings of Midian, and besides the chains that were around their camels' necks. Then Gideon made it into an ephod and set it up in his city, Ophrah. And all Israel played the harlot with it there. It became a snare to Gideon and to his house. Thus Midian was subdued before the children of Israel, so that they lifted their heads no more. And the country was quiet for 40 years in the days of Gideon. Then Jerobel, the son of Joash, went and dwelt in his own house. Gideon had 70 sons who were his own offspring, for he had many wives. And his concubine, who was in Shechem, also bore him a son, whose name he called Abimelech. Now Gideon, the son of Joash, died at a good old age and was buried in the tomb of Joash's father in Ophrah of the Abiezrites. So it was, as soon as Gideon was dead, that the children of Israel again played the harlot with the Baals and made Baal-bereth their god. Thus the children of Israel did not remember the Lord their god, who had delivered them from the hands of all their enemies on every side, nor did they show kindness to the house of Jerobel, that is Gideon, in accordance with the good he had done for Israel. Once again, let's begin this section with some background notes. After Gideon's victory over the Midianites, the people of Israel asked Gideon to be their king. Gideon refused this offer because he knew that God's intention was not for Israel to have a king like the other nations, because God was their king. God had said in the law that, quote, you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Exodus 19, verse 6. Now, we know that Israel eventually did become like the other nations with kings, but that was not God's original intention. So Gideon rightly responded here in verse 23. Let's read it again. I will not rule over you, nor shall my son rule over you. The Lord shall rule over you. That's the good news. But now comes the bad news or the sad news. Gideon asked for part of the plunder or booty that had been taken from the Midianites. He asked for the golden earrings they had taken. Verse 24, Then Gideon said to them, I would like to make a request of you that each of you would give me the earrings from his plunder, for they had golden earrings because they were Ishmaelites. The mention of Ishmaelites here is because the Midianites had intermarried with the Ishmaelites. Well, they not only gave Gideon the earrings, but a lot of other plunder or booty as well. The weight of the gold itself was 1,700 shekels. That was about 43 pounds of gold. Gideon took the gold, and he had it molded into a golden ephod. 
An ephod was one of the outer garments worn by the high priest under the breastplate. Now, why did Gideon do that? A number of answers have been suggested. Maybe he had a guilty conscience about taking so much gold. Maybe Gideon had a secret desire to be the high priest and was not satisfied with just being judge. Remember, the high priesthood had kind of gone corrupt at this time during the time of the judges. Gideon may have done this with good motives. That is to remind the people that they were not to have a king, but to be a nation directly led by God. Or maybe it was just to remind the people of the victory. In any case, Gideon's golden ephod became an idol in Israel. Verse 27, once again. Then Gideon made it into an ephod and set it up in his city, Ophrah. And all Israel played the harlot or prostituted themselves with it there. It became a snare to Gideon and to his house. Notice, it became a snare even to Gideon. When we come to the end of the chapter, we see that Gideon began to live like a king, even though he never became a king of Israel. He created a harem for himself with many wives, verse 30. He named one of his sons Abimelech, verse 31. Abimelech means my father a king. When Gideon died, verse 33, the people cycled back once again to idolatry and Baal worship. How sad. And more we could give on the background, but we need to move on to the doctrinal and teaching points here. Doctrinal point number one, mature believers are not immune to temptation. Mature believers are not immune to temptation. Gideon was a mature believer. Gideon had been tried and tested in the school of God and passed. Gideon had faithfully led God's people against the enemy. Gideon had persevered when the going was tough. But Gideon was not immune to temptation. In fact, Gideon was a target of temptation. You know, some Christians have the idea that when you become a mature believer, temptation becomes less and less. Not so. When I was a young Christian, I used to think that, that somehow when you got older and more mature in the faith, temptation got less and less. You know, I would look at older, mature, godly men and women and conclude that they never faced temptation. Nothing could be further from the truth. How many older, more mature people here would agree? <laughs> temptation doesn't get less and less. Mature believers are not immune to temptation. In fact, in many ways, mature believers are targets of temptation. Satan knows that if he can get a mature believer to fall, many others will be stumbled in the faith, hindered in their growth. Notice that Gideon's temptations come right after a major victory. That's usually the way it is. You ever notice that? Satan knows that we are especially vulnerable right after some major spiritual victory. Why? Because we begin to think we can do it ourselves. Right after Israel's major victory over Jericho, for example, Joshua 6, Israel was defeated at little Ai, Joshua 7, because they were overconfident, thought they could do it in their own strength. So watch out, mature believers here this morning. Watch out especially after some major spiritual victory in your life. Mature believers are not immune to temptation. And doctrinal point number two, 
Mature believers are not immune to failure. Mature believers are not immune to failure. It's one thing to be tempted. It's another thing to fail. Temptation and failure are not synonymous. Our Lord was tempted, but there was no failure. Failure is when we yield to temptation. Now, Gideon resisted the temptation to become king, but he couldn't resist the temptation for gold. In fact, as time went on, Gideon couldn't resist other temptations of the flesh. And he began to live as if he were a king and created a harem with many wives and concubines. And yet Gideon was a mature believer. What's the lesson here for us? It's obvious. Mature believers are not immune to failure. Notice the areas where Gideon was tempted. Money, power, and sex. And I could give you example after example of mature believers who have fallen in one of these areas. And I'm sure you know of many examples as well. Let me just share one example. One of my seminary professors, a great student of God's word, left the seminary and his wife in order to continue an affair with one of the secretaries at the seminary. I mean, it was almost unbelievable. A mature believer failed. Watch out. Mature believers are not immune to failure. Practical application. Practical application number one. Beware of golden earrings. Beware of golden earrings. Exclamation point. I notice a number of you ladies here this morning are wearing golden earrings. Well, don't worry. I'm not referring to you and your earrings in this practical application. I'm referring to Gideon's small request of each person and what it led to. Look, said Gideon, I don't want to be your king. God is your king. All I would request of you is the small earrings you took from the Midianites. I mean, I don't want much. You keep all the plunder, the booty. Just give me the small gold earrings. That was the beginning of Gideon's downfall. How often this golden earring syndrome is repeated in the lives of Christians. Do you see the lesson? I'll just yield a little bit in this area of temptation. It doesn't look dangerous. It's so small. It doesn't affect other people. Just a little materialism. Just a little secret sin. Just a little dabbling in this area. Listen to the warning of 1 Timothy 6, verses 9 and 10. But those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a snare and many foolish and harmful desires which plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all sorts of evil, and some by longing for it have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. 1 Timothy 6, verses 9 and 10. We see this truth illustrated here in the life of Gideon. Don't forget it. Beware of golden earrings. And practical application number two. Beware of golden ephods. Beware of golden ephods. You know, if you had told Gideon that his golden ephod would become an idol in Israel and a snare to himself and his household, he would have said, you're crazy. But that's exactly what happened. The problem was that Gideon departed from the word of God. 
Even though Gideon may have made that golden ephod with good motives, he may have started from good motives to direct the people's attention to God. It was the wrong method because it did not line up with the word of God. Only priests were to be involved with ephods, and Gideon was no priest. And ephods were not to be made of gold. And ephods were not to be kept in places like Ophrah. They were only to be kept where the tabernacle was. Gideon knew this, but he departed from the word of God. Beware of golden ephods. Anything, even though it starts with good motives, can become a golden ephod. Illustration. The divinity schools at Harvard and Yale were set up to train men of God for the ministry. Today, they are golden ephods, tearing down the word of God and hindering the work of the Lord. Emmaus Bible College could become a golden ephod if we departed from the word of God. Could this church become a golden ephod? Yes, it could. If you departed from the word of God, if you departed from scripture, you departed from the holy word of God, the directions in scripture, many churches have become golden ephods because they departed from the word of God, because they departed from scripture. Beware of golden ephods. That's not a pleasant note to end on for our studies in the life of Gideon, but it's an important one because it can happen. Beware of golden ephods.